And today we get to one of the big I am statements of Jesus. And of his I am statements, this is the only one in which he uses an I am with an object where it's not a uh, abstract concept, but an actual human being that he refers to here. Uh, he's already talked about I am the bread of life. I am the light of life. He'll talk now about being the gate. And then he'll also talk about being a shepherd. Later, he'll say, I am the resurrection in the life. I am the way, the truth in the life. And then finally, I am the, the, the true vine. And, and today, we're going to look at those middle I am statements that I just mentioned as a shepherd. But a shepherd implies that he is dealing with sheep. So I'd like you to do a little bit of a thought experiment right now. And imagine yourself a sheep. Right? Really imagine yourself a sheep. And as you kind of look around and kind of take stock of, of who you are as a little lamb or a sheep, you know, what is it that you're appreciating about yourself? And having grown up on the mean streets of New Jersey, of course, I have tons of experience with sheep. <laughs> or YouTube. And, and, you know, sheep are interesting because all sheep, all sheep for millennia, sheep have been domesticated and domesticated only since 9, 10,000 BC. So what we know as sheep is something that could never exist in the wild. As a matter of fact, you let any of your animals go out of your house, your dog, your cat, your bird, whatever it might be, one of two things is going to happen. That dog is going to get out and say, finally, Free, free at last, right? Free as the wind blows, free as the grass grows. Yeah, and that dog is gone. And he'll make his way and scratch and claw. Nature is red in tooth and claw and make his way through the world, right? Or he'll come back. One of those two things. But the one animal that won't do one of those two things is a sheep. A sheep will just wander around for a little while, not appreciate that I am out of my element right now and get killed. And why is that? Because sheep are utterly helpless. Congratulations. I hope that came up in your thought experiment. Utterly helpless. And I don't mean helpless in a cute little baby lamb sort of a way. I don't even mean helpless in some sort of a marginalized by society, downtrodden or even disabled sort of a way. I mean helpless in a diva sort of a way. Where is my half mocha kappa latte? Why is it not in my hand right now? Who is supposed to bring that to me? In that sort of a way, sheep are helpless. Did you know that if, a, and you can look this up for a, a sheep that is cast, C-A-S-T. It's, it's, a sheep is called cast. <laughs> if a sheep falls over, if a sheep falls over, and is landed in such a way that none of its four hooves are on the ground, that's it. It's dead. Write it off right there. If you're driving through New Zealand one day and you see that, well, stop your car and, you know, help a brother out. I mean, we have bred helplessness into these animals in a terrible way. But, I mean, they are so top-heavy and their, their legs are... 
just so impotent in, in what it is that they would need to do that they are utterly, completely dependent on a shepherd. And sure, they serve a purpose. And, you know, you might be wearing wool today, you know, thank your neighbor. Sheep gave it to you there. Uh, but but I think this analogy is one that we need to appreciate more fully of of really from the perspective of heaven, as, as God is, you know, seated in the heavenly realms, looking down at us and with maybe the most accurate of descriptions, calls us his flock. His flock of sheep is, is who we are. Let's pray. And then we go to the text. God, thank you. Thank you that we are your flock and you are our shepherd. Uh, God, Lord knows, that's you, knows that, my goodness, do we need a shepherd. Please, God, help us to appreciate the depth, the soul depth of our need for you. And thank you to be able to appreciate you as our shepherd. So, uh, amen. I guess you have to say amen at the end of a prayer. They don't do it in the Bible often, by the way. Look it up. You'll see. But I know. Publicly, you need some sort of a cue or else your hands are down. I notice you guys don't hold hands much here. Bravo. We're, we've been kind of, I don't know, sent down that, that emo path over in, in Coastal. It's this hand-holding going on all the time. Anyway, so, but, but again, appreciate this fact. 9,000 B.C. We're, we're talking 7,000 years before Jacob ever worked for Laban as a shepherd and manipulated that flock. 7,500 years before Moses pleaded with God in Numbers 27. At the end of Moses' life, he pleaded with God, please don't let your people be like sheep without a shepherd. They knew even then. And, and he was referring to the helplessness of Israel. Here's Israel emancipated slaves with no military training whatsoever, positioned on a little stretch of land that happens to be the crossroads of civilization, positioned eternally between massive superpowers of Assyria or Babylon or Greece or Rome above it, and Egypt and, and Cush, Ethiopia below it. There they are, positioned between this mighty standoff, and there's that little flock. Right in between. No wonder they're referred to as a flock. And no wonder Moses says, please, God, don't let your helpless people, your sheep, be without a shepherd. 8,000 years. 8,000 years before David ever penned. Sheep were, were, were domesticated. 8,000 years before David ever penned, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Why still waters, by the way, for a sheep? Because sheep are too afraid to drink from moving water. So in a, in a serious diva move, oh yes, I'd like a water and make it still water, please. <laughs> he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for... 
You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 8,500 years, even before Ezekiel laments in chapter 34 of his prophecy, sheep were domesticated. And what does he say? Ezekiel, he says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak, healed those who are ill, bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays. You've not searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. So they're scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for the wild animals. My sheep wandered over mountains on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth. No one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals, because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable. I'll remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I'm going to rescue my flock from their mouths and I, and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so I will look after my sheep. I'll rescue them from the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I'll bring them out from the nations. I'm going to gather them back from the countries. I'll bring them into their own land. I'll pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, in the settlements of land. I'm going to tend to them in a good pasture. In the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They're going to lie down in good grazing land. There they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will make my, tend my sheep and make them lie down. I will search for the lost, bring back the strays. I'm going to bind the injured. I'm going to strengthen the weak because this is why Jesus has come. And 9,000 years before Jesus ever uses the great I am statement, sheep were domesticated and there was no doubt what they were like and there were no doubt to what he was referring. And then 9,000 years after the domestication of sheep, Jesus then says to the Pharisees with Ezekiel 34 as a dog whistle backdrop that this is what you should be hearing. Yo, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, I'm reading from John 10:1, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Know that the backdrop of all that goes on in what we read here, and we'll read on for a little bit in just a moment, 
is, is all about the conflict that Jesus has had with the religious leaders. He'll have it more intensely with the Sadducees, with the high priests, but he's been having it with those that have been tasked with shepherding the sheep. And God's people, from a spiritual point of view, desperately need the intervention and the help and the kindness that reflects God himself as a shepherd. It was God's heart from well back during the Babylonian captivity when Ezekiel wrote, when God looked at his people, his sheep, his flock, being plundered by by those from the outside, and with a heart cry said, I am coming. I am coming and it is my ultimate plan that you will know that I am now shepherding you. And that is made absolutely clear, manifest by Jesus stepping onto the pages of history, stepping into that little stretch of land where that helpless diva flock of Israel has been really subject to the vagaries of superpowers and even of their own whims for way too long. And Jesus now steps in to say, you need a shepherd and here I am. And he goes on to then say, verse seven, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, not only is he the shepherd, but I am the gate for the sheep. A sheep pen at this time would would likely have been some fenced in, rocked in area. Uh, And being that there is often no door whatsoever. But the shepherd would lie down across the opening, uh, thus protecting his sheep from any of the predators that would come. In other words, you're coming through me before you ever get to any of them. But also saying to all of them, I know you're prone to wander. I know you have a short memory. I know that I just saved you just this morning. But tonight you're going to want to go wander again. And so I'm going to lay in front of the front door and keep the car keys in my pocket. (laughs) And I'm going to make you really think long and hard before you make that crazy decision. Because lost is lost and I want you all to stay found. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. For us, we hear that and it's a platitude. We've heard it a lot. We see it in stained glass. We see it in little statuettes. But not to Israel. Not to these people. Not to an oppressed people who are under the yoke of oppression of Rome. And have been under Greece, Assyria, Persia, uh, the Arameans, the Egyptians, Babylonians. Not, not to this people who, who also know that again and again, they've been on a roller coaster of relationship love with God. That again and again, he's served them, helped them, give them still water, give them pasture land, help them only for them. Ah, what are we idiots? But here we go again. Let's forget about our shepherd. Let's go our own way. But for them to hear, wait a minute, after all that we've done, after all the chastising, after all the deliverance, after all that that we've experienced, that God has not forgotten us and he's here and the, the depth of our heart cry, we need a shepherd, is being realized. I am the good shepherd. For those that appreciate that, for the flock, for the, the sheep of Israel, they would shudder in appreciation to hear that. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's sweetness. The hired hand is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. And we Gentiles here say, amen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, not only to take it up again, though no one takes it from me, I lay it down of my own accord. I've got authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So as we look at a couple points here, uh, my, my first point is the new shepherd. Who is Jesus? The, the, the new shepherd. I mean, we've already seen, by the way, and I, I'm not going to spend time in the beginning portion there. He is also the gate. Uh, and I am the gate through, through which the sheep come through. By the way, what did the polite sheep say while waiting at the sheep gate? No. <laughs> After you. E-W-E. That's, yeah. When you have to explain it, it doesn't work. But I felt like I had to explain it for a couple of you. Where do sheep in Boston go to get their wool sheared? The Baba. All right, to put an end to this. Why won't the sheepdog listen to the shepherd, the shepherd's jokes about the sheep anymore? Because he's heard them all before. So anyway, my first point is the new shepherd. By saying that he's a shepherd, Jesus is saying that he is everything for us. The shepherd lives with the sheep. The shepherd has turned his life over to the sheep. The shepherd is not a hired hand. The shepherd is not in it for anything other than for the absolute, total, all-in commitment to the sheep themselves. But again, for us, it's not necessarily a very flattering term because we're being told we're sheep. And as a, as a result... We need absolute dependence upon a shepherd. And maybe more than you know, maybe more than you appreciate, even if you've made some great progress in the Lord in your life, but probably even more than you can appreciate, this has been the searching of your soul for all your life. That you've been searching for a good shepherd. Searching for something, someone to somehow give peace to your soul. To provide the security that you've always wanted. That foundational security that is greater than yourself. And, and maybe you've looked for it in your parents and come away with a bit of a chip on your shoulder because your parents didn't do it for you. 
And, and maybe you can still recount really quickly how I needed a shepherd and you weren't there for me. Well, they can't be. No one can fulfill that role. And to put that all on our parents is putting an impossible expectation where it doesn't need to belong. Maybe you've done it with your sweetheart that you're pursuing right now. He'll be the one. She'll be the one that suddenly brings it all together. Then I'll know. Then I'll arrive. Then I'll feel like I really am that person that I was meant to be. Oh, my goodness. I feel bad for that person. (laughs) For you to put all that on them, a burden they were never meant to bear, a burden your spouse was never meant to be able to carry. Well, maybe you say, no, it's, it's none of those things. I, I think I could do it myself. Well, do you know what you're saying? Sheep? <laughs> that you're also going to be your own shepherd? It's a fool's errand to look for this in any other place than the good shepherd that has now walked onto the scene of history and into the awareness of your life. The transcendently omnibenevolent, omnipotent, beautiful shepherd whose thoughts for you outnumber the grains of sand of all the seashores. That shepherd has now come into the scene to say to you, I will shepherd you. I will protect you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. I will sleep with you. I will lead you. I will provide clover. I'll provide grass fields. I'll provide pasture. I'll provide you water. Still water. I will take care of all of these things for you. And I will be with you all your days. Just follow me. Follow me. Because Eastern sheep were always followed the shepherd. You know, Western sheep... There's a, you know, kind of a leading from behind, sheep, dogs, coercion. Not, not so in what we're seeing on the pages here, by the way. And to say the Lord is my shepherd, you, you may like the sound of that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But I think some of that is a bit more wrapped up in sentimentality. A bit more wrapped up in, it's the one moment when you were like a newbie at church or... Obviously not an all-in, full-on, living-it-out disciple of Jesus. is that one moment where they say, the Lord is my shepherd, and you're able to chime in, I shall not want, right? I can hang with this. I remember that. That's Psalm 23. Yes, I can do that. Even though some cases it's at a very sad moment, like a, like a funeral. But nonetheless, you're able to kind of connect with Scripture. But, but I think if you step back and to realize... The Lord is my shepherd. You may, li- you may like the sound of it, but you may actually hate the implications of it. That the Lord is your shepherd. Because I think what we really want, and this is what I always wanted. I just wanted to sprinkle some Jesus into my life. I wanted to look a little bit more religious. I wanted seemingly to be a man of greater character. I wanted to be known as the guy that actually goes to church. But not as the guy who really needed and was all in and comprehensively following and obeying a shepherd. The implication of a good shepherd. You know what I wanted? And maybe this is what you want. I want a really good life coach on retainer. 
check in, check out, preferably over Skype. So, you know, I, I don't have to you know, deal too much with them when I don't feel like it. And, you know, give me some advice when I need it. And if you've got some expertise and you can guide me, well, then, you know, bring it on. And sure, a little bit of accountability. Well, that, that wouldn't hurt because, you know what? I've been kind of stagnant in the gym, and the fact that you're asking me might actually motivate me a little bit more, right? I mean, that's, that's sadly, I think, what I want rather than a shepherd, a good shepherd, even the best shepherd. Why? Because if I admit to the fact that I need a shepherd, then I'm all in. I'm all in in obedience. I'm all in in surrender. I'm all in in following. A shepherd is very different from a life coach. And face it. You need more than a life coach. And from a heavenly perspective, you need a shepherd, but a good one and a beautiful one. And, and it's one who brings you nothing less than life to the full. And that's my second point. Life to the full. It's what he says. It's a theme for our church for the year. Jesus says, I come not to destroy like others do, not to destroy like the Pharisees, not to destroy like the Pharisees who speak the same language as their father, the deceiver. I'm not a liar. I'm here to give you life to the full. And what is this life to the full? What is that? What does that really mean? And it, it has something to do with more than just biological life. And in the New Testament, it's a little bit clearer because the Greek has two words. One for just kind of, you have a pulse. That's bios, right? We get biology. And then there's another word. And it's more of like, la dolce vida. You know, not la vida loca, but, but like that. Just the sweetness of life. You know, Henry David Thoreau says to kind of break open the bones of life and suck the marrow of it out. Uh, I think, yeah, he's like, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've always imagined. You know, that's the stuff from, from Walden. That, that he speaks of there. It's that kind of, of depth of life that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about walking around with a scary appreciation of your significance and how beloved you are and not believing that every step you take, you are so precious, more lovely, more beautiful than you ever imagined in the eyes of him to whom it most matters. It's in the eyes of him who is the final arbiter of beauty and belovedness. That that is who you are. You have a life that makes a difference. You have a life with a mission. You have a life with a community. You have a life with a bond that can't be broken. You have a life with an overarching security. That's the, the Zoe that he's talking about. Not just bios. Not just that you have a pulse. He, 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 um, you know, earlier, somebody was sharing, oh, during the uh, contribution, they were talking about the, the, the woman who put in all she had to live on. Bios. This is all that she had to live on. But she had more than that. She had Zoe. Sure, she didn't have much for Bios, but she had plenty for Zoe. But what's interesting is, is what we sometimes want to interpret as, that's really living, right? I'm living the life. That's the theme of Virginia Beach. I'm living the life. And, and if you look on the commercials for Virginia Beach, of course, it's, you know, someone looking at the shore and appreciating the dolphins uh, breaching. And of course, they're on a stand up paddleboard. And then they're in a kayak and then they're rollerblading down the boardwalk, hopefully without a boombox. And, and, it's, and it's kind of these beautiful images as if that's Zoe. Well, that's Zoe, the best you can come up with for the world around us. It is so far transcendent. 
for what Jesus wants for you and is, has given to you in many cases and wants to give to you. Or maybe you've not yet even claimed it fully, even though you've, you've really appreciated that. Wow, what he's got in store for you is life to the full. Break open the bones and suck the marrow out of life. Sure, it sounds gross, but I think it meant good to him. I mean, drink deeply of, of what it is. You know, in, in Luke 8, Jesus warns that do not be choked by this other stuff. Don't be choked off by the Virginia Beach commercial of living the life. He says that's what it is to be choked by life's worries, pleasures, and riches. That life is bios there. That's just bios to Jesus. All of the pleasures and riches that you can have, and even your worries, because mo money. There you go, right? All of that is just bios. What are you, what are you living for bios for? Ah, what is that? So short-sighted when you have all of this. Now, with this life to the full, you know, comes a little bit of tough love. Because Jesus wants you to have nothing less than life to the full. And so a good shepherd is not going to let you just go momo and be one that is, is just wandering. Wandering from the life to the full. He's going to bring you down. He's going to hunt you down. By the way, when a shepherd finds a lost sheep, Jesus talks about that in Luke 15, that when he finds the lost sheep, um, that lost sheep isn't like, oh, that's right, I was so mindless. I got away from the flock. Good to see you, Shep. Um, so, you're going to help me back? That's not what happens. The, the sheep is always then actually alarmed and darts away. And, and thank goodness it's so fat and its, its feet are so small that the shepherd can often run it down. But when he runs it down, he's got to literally tackle it, bind up its front legs, bind up its back legs, haul that beast up onto his shoulders and carry it on back. And you might be going through a moment like that in your life. Maybe you have, maybe it's coming. But don't think for a second that as that shepherd is like binding up your leg, I'll teach you to, there's, I can't believe you're making me do this. You know what that shepherd is doing? That shepherd is shedding tears of joy of love that you are finally, finally in his arms. And even though it doesn't feel to you like you're in his arms, because you're finding my feet, what are you doing? To him, he knows it's just a matter of time before you appreciate that you're in his loving arms. And as he throws you over his broad shoulders, broad enough to carry you, and as he carries you back, Jesus says in that parable, it's not like I can't believe I'm schlepping the sheep back again. There's none of that. There's a, 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 a lift in his step. There's joy in his heart. There's a, a song on his lips as he comes back and he's saying to everybody, rejoice with me, rejoice with me. The sheep was lost and is found. That's the life that Jesus wants for you. That's the shepherd that you've always wanted. That's the love that is always yours. The refining is going to be there too. Look up if you ever get a chance, sheep dipping. Our uh, friend, the farmer over there, uh, helped me out with this, Neil. Uh, he, he, he maybe has sheep dipped. Have you ever sheep dipped? Whoa. <laughs> But there's this one guy in Ireland that's sheep dipping and they have a video of it. And he takes it, you know, these sheep are just kind of mulling around. do 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 what, What's going on here? And he lifts the sheep like, like just out of nowhere. It's like, this is so sudden. Vroom, throws it on its back into a, into a big pool of sorts. Into like a big bathtub with some sort of 
solvent in there, which is uh, antimicrobial or antibacterial that is meant to kill the parasites, then if it didn't happen, that sheep would die and infect all the others and all the other sheep would die. Right? Takes it, throws it into this tub, you know, kind of rubbing it around, scrubbing it around in there, and then just to make sure that it's completely under, then takes its head as well, shoves the head under. If you're that sheep, and that's all going on to you, do your thought experiment again. Ah! What is going on? This doesn't feel like love. Well, without it, you're a parasite-infested time bomb that's going to kill yourself and everyone else around you. And that there are times where God has got to refine us. And, but that is all along a path that is going to be something really magnificent for you. And then finally, I'm just going to end on a charge. And it's this. Know his voice. Know his voice. You're going to have a lot of other nasty voices in your head. The Pharisees were the alternate voice that Jesus was talking about here. The Pharisees, he actually says, were the voice of the deceiver, of Satan. You know what Satan wants to say to you? You're damaged goods. You're not lovable. You've gone too far. This one can't ever be repaired. Don't ever share this with anyone else. Don't ever have the full intimacy of community. If you do, shame will only be attached to you. That's, that's not the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus is one that wants you to know how loved you really are. How precious you really are. Sure, how dumb and helpless and what a diva you are. But clothed in him. Wow. How magnificent and how strong and how secure you really are. Know his voice. If you're not in the word of God, if you're not appreciating his voice, then all that he has done to step onto the stage of your life and to say that I am the good shepherd can so easily just kind of fall to the ground and you could easily wander and go through a whole bunch of heartache that doesn't need to occur. Why not stay in that path of following the good shepherd, knowing with each step of the way, you become more mature. With each step of intentional following, you become more effective. With each step of intentionally following the good shepherd, you become more like him. That's what he wants for you. Know his voice. Amen. Amen.